Welcome back to episode 78 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here on Chess Journeys, we seek to not only highlight the glories of ratings gain, which are great, but also dive into the plateaus and possibly even the pits of despair. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys, and I want to thank Jay Garrison, Donna Rich Burgess, Brandon Hallside, David Schreiber, and Lindsay Newhall. Also, I want to thank our sponsor, Chessable. Boy, I have really been crushing the Checkmate Patterns Manual. One of my takeaways from the last tournament was that I need to put even more emphasis on tactics, and so that is what I've been doing. I've also been streaming a fair amount on Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grimes, mostly Karpov games and my tournament games. And if you want to appear on the show, you can fill out the Google form in the show notes. We do all want to hear your story. And this week, I bring in Matthew. He is an engineer living in Missouri with two kids and 500 dogs. Wait, no, just five dogs. Uh, Matthew, welcome to the show. And have you played any chess yet today? Oh, I um, I play chess every day. The uh, When I wake up, one of the first things I do is reach for my phone and and uh, play some bullet chess or or blitz chess. So is that instead so of I, I, uh, I'm an adult improver, and I'm 58 years old. I've been playing for about 10 years. I learned the game when I was about 47. Okay, yeah. So this is really going to be an episode for all of us older folks who are trying to figure out, can it be done, right? There's a lot of naysayers <laughs> out there that say, ah, oh, if you don't pick this up as a kid... It can't be done. I'm in my late 40s. Neil is in the same ballpark. Neil Bruce. Jay Garrison, who was on the show, is trying to do it. And it sounds like Matthew has been pretty successful. So I guess let's start here, Matthew. You say you picked up the game at 47. Did you learn it as a kid and, and like got halfway through your journey and stopped? Like, What's your origin story of chess? No, I, I actually had um, not learned it. I My dad is rated about 800. And uh, he showed me the moves when I was a kid. We um, didn't. We may, may have played one or two games, but when I was 47, I went to a chess club in my local uh, town and uh, learned the game and just got absolutely destroyed. So I started about 11 years ago. Um, okay. And I remember driving back from the club after playing there a couple of weeks, and I was I told myself I was going to go back to the club and and uh beat them all and so wow. that started a journey of chess improvement that has lasted about about 10 years now I my first tournament I played in uh 2017 and um but I've had a tremendous amount of success since then uh but it's been a long journey and um it's uh there's it's quite an interesting tale because I uh, I've had to kind of re calibrate how i improve mm -hmm. and the path i've taken is definitely not the one that's um the general wisdom of chess improvement um okay. has the right re has recommended so let me let me start with this question then you're 47 what even compels you to go to a chess club did you get a flat tire in front of this thing and you just walked in like what happened uh, no, I actually started playing a bit online and I was rated about 800. So oh, okay. I had a friend that uh, went to the chess club and he invited it me, invited it to uh, me to go. And it was in a local bar in Rolla, Missouri. Oh, okay. That's fun. And, uh, and so I would go over and play. And for the first uh, 
month that I would go there, the, the game, I would just absolutely get destroyed. And mm-hmm. so when I went back home, I decided to um, uh, try to improve. And in fact, I, th- I told myself that I was at that time that I would get a, a chess title and, and become really good at chess. I had no idea what that entailed. And so that's what everyone that, says, right? I'm going to be a master, no problem. Time, <laughs> but it, 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 you know, I had no idea what that meant. And so I yeah. started, uh, I started really working on my game and trying to get better. And the first two years before I ever played in a tournament, it was very difficult. And I've suffered some major um, problems. It seemed like I was blundering uh, pieces and mm-hmm. And so as a, as an adult trying to improve, I suffered from what you call like adult blunder syndrome. Mm, and I didn't yeah. really know that, but I was figuring it out as I went. What do you mean by I, adult blunder syndrome? I don't think I've heard this before. Yeah. Adult blunder syndrome. Adults that learn, that try to improve or learn chess, they, they suffer from blunders. And so mm. even though uh, at any, let's say at a, a 1500 level or 1600 level, uh, an adult that's improving will tend to make um, blunders. And so it's part of the neurology of the adult improver, I, I believe. That's what, and I've based a lot of my improvement on what it appears to be adults' major challenges, you know, as they, as they uh, try to improve. And I found that uh, it, it was very difficult for me to pick up patterns, um, you know, mm-hmm. the tactical patterns originally and so i spent two years every day doing simple tactics to try to overcome that and for a while it looked like in you know my calculation abilities original originally were really um were really poor i would go like knight takes e4 bishop takes e4 pawn takes e4 pawn takes e4 and then i go where was i and uh-huh. I can remember, it's not that long ago, I, I would uh, constantly lose my place. Mm-hmm. And when I would go to play at the club, I would blunder things. And so I, I sat down and I really took a hard look. This is about 10 years ago at what I needed to do and the neurology of aging. And based on that, I, st- I started a study plan. In the study plan I've stuck to for 10 years. And so now I'm, um, now I've accomplished a lot. Like I've, I've, I have come a long way, but originally I had a terrible time. And, uh, when I, when I did the analysis, my original analysis, and I said, is this even going to be possible for me to be very good at chess? My conclusion was, is that when you age, you lose speed you lose pattern, the ability to pick up pattern recognition and you, uh, you lose something called goal retention. And Mm. so those three things make up what people, you sometimes hear them say neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. is the issue. What they really mean is that these um, three key elements of that you need for, to succeed at chess, um, they peak at age 20. And this, um, you, you know, this is very, very well documented. So I realized from the beginning that it was going to be significantly harder for me to get really good at tactics. It was going to be significantly harder 
uh, for me to to get very fast to play speed chess. And it was going to be, I was going to be tending because of this goal retention. Uh, um, is uh, I would be tending to blunder more. So all three of those things I, I really focused on improving. So mm. I now, um, you know, so uh, what I decided on is uh, from the very beginning is that I would prioritize my family. I would prioritize my work. But once those were taken care of, my priority would be chess. And so since that time, you know, if I'm not, spending time with my family that comes first or my children or, or working which i I'm, I'm an engineer working at at a uh, um bearing factory uh then i'm going to be doing chess and so i i have done um <clears throat> so i've been putting a lot of time in uh, specifically on speed chess and tactics so all i spent 10 years doing um uh focusing on trying to get faster at speed chess and and tactics and recently i've added in um game review and positional play all right i have so many questions <laughs> this is what a great start all right so here's my first question um why we, so you you pick the game up at 47 you're getting smashed what makes you think instead of saying I do, I do the research. This is going to be an almost impossible task. Why don't I do something else? What made you think, yes, but I want to take on this challenge? Well, there are really two things. One is it uh, chess um, seemed to be a beautiful game, and there was sometimes it it was just it just really beautiful, and I could see that if I could play better chess, that that it might become um a uh, uh something that i could really enjoy because a chess game seems sometimes almost like a movie you know you get playing the the game and you just forget about everything else and so it actually has i found it actually enriches my life um and i heard magnus carlson say the same thing in a recent interview when he was talking when he got beat by by hikaru so I think from early on, I kind of fell in love with the game and just decided that it would be something that I would enjoy doing. I'm kind of obsessive compulsive too. And so uh, <clears throat> I, uh, and I told myself I was going to do it. So I made some decisions early on with regard to <clears throat> the improvement. One is that I decided, like I was saying, that it would be the third priority in my life. And <laughs> the other thing is that I would, really fall in love with tactics i decided if you mm. you know from the very beginning if you from my study if you can't love doing tactics then there was absolutely no hope for mm. me to get to the level that i wanted to get because if you're going to have a hobby you may as well succeed at it right if you're going to yeah. do something you may as well win the tournaments and win the money and so I figured you can't do that without a love of tactics. So I kind of decided that I was going to really enjoy doing tactics. Mm. And I have done them every second of the day, uh, except for, which is funny because I was listening, when I listen to chess journeys, I hear people that are kind of on the same path as me, you know, they're different levels. And then you have 
Neil Bruce, you know, and it's like people actually voted to hear Neil Bruce instead of hearing um, from Daniel Naroditsky, you know, and it's like, yeah. and then I listened to that and he's cut 8,000 puzzles out. Do you know how 8,000 is? Yeah, it's like I'm doing the picker method, right? I've got 500 of them memorized. <clears throat> like that's half of the woodpecker method I have memorized, you know, um, on site. And he's got 8,000. So he's he's crazy. <laughs> but he sounds like <laughs> me because I, I, you know, and, and you see this because, you know, I uh, follow chess. And I have noticed that there's only, there's a hand, there's millions of people across the world at chess clubs and they're all trying to improve. And it's, just, and I have recently started coaching. Um, uh, and I have some children that are my students and I have some adults that are my students and I can see what's happening with the, with the adults they struggle mightily you know um you can probably count on your fingers how many people have started chess late in life and gone over 2000 yeah you know there's there's very few and i and you know you ask yourself the reason these are intelligent people these are smart people that have a lot of resources any any walk of life you know you could walk up to them and it seems that what they're really lacking are those three things, the neuroplasticity, so the ability to um, pick up, um, oh, hold on, I get messages from my son, the ability to pick up uh, patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, these kids, I, I literally am, I'm rated 3,100 on chess.com for tactics. I'm pushing oh, wow. to go to 3,400. But my, I have students that have touched 3,000 in one year that, you know, I, I have three students. One of them is in grade five. He won the Missouri uh, championship this year. I have one that's in grade nine. He won the Missouri championship. Oh, wow. Uh, for his, and then I have one that's 14 and he came, he came within a, a move or two of winning our uh, reserve championship for unrated kids well actually unrated anything in in missouri and they're all you know i basically preach this thing about tactics um and uh it's the basics but there's a difference between tactics and chess so just make that clear i'm yeah. not saying that are the only way that thing you need it's the it's the bill that you pay to get it to start getting good it's the mm -hmm. attack becoming really good at tactics is like the the price you pay it's the language of chess but then after that you have to learn how to play chess yeah so but it, my, my my original point was the kids took one year to do to do what i did in 10 years yeah it's pretty amazing so, yeah but that's the thing with adults i think if your ability to retain these patterns peaks at 20 every 10 years it takes you twice as much work so mm. since i'm at if it's taking them a hundred hours to, you know, to master the woodpecker method, then it'll take me, um, uh, what it, that's 30 would be two, 44, 60. So I, I would take about 800 hours. It would take me oh, eight times work 
in order to get those patterns down. And that's not even talking about speed, you know, yeah. the speed thinking of. I have had, you know, seen people at clubs, adults tend to have trouble with speed chess. And you hear them say things like, I'm, I'm not fast. I can't, I can't play. And then it's compounded by people constantly telling them that they don't need to play speed chess. But when I go to tournaments and I've played in a lot of tournaments recently, what I see is that the ability to play fast and to think fast is a key component of being a strong player. Mm. Do you mean so, as you get into end game scrambles or do you just mean like being able oh, to calculate quickly? Yes. I mean, all of that. So gotcha. do I, I want to be a strong player and, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to win tournaments and win money. And I've been pretty successful at that. I haven't shared with you where I am with that, but just recently I've, I've won quite a bit of money and won, won quite a few tournaments, but, um, you know, there's, I've, I've deduced that there's seven things that make a, a chess player strong when they sit at the board across from you. And <laughs> they're, um, hold on. I haven't, written down but i've also got it memorized it's uh uh their ability to play openings okay their ability to play endings okay their ability at tactics and calculation their ability um to play speed chess mm. their ability to manage their clock their uh ability to um uh visualize I've got tactics and combinations and visualization separately. I think I got them all. Okay. Uh, it, yeah. So basically those seven things are the things that are going to affect how strong you are at the chessboard. And I have seen a lot of time scrambles. I've got in end games, yeah. you know, I've got playing um, in, in a, a big tournament, I was on board two just recently. It was the Jeff City Open here in Missouri, and it was seven rounds. And I fought my way all the way up to board two, and I was playing a 2070, and we got in an endgame scramble. Mm. And I found a tactic and beat him. Ooh, and so nice. I second won $300. And I just recently, be, the tournament before that, I won the Class A title of Missouri Open for Missouri. Mm. and um. And that was in November, two weekends in a row. So wow. I tell you that being able to play, play in a time scramble helps you. And a lot of times when you calculate long lines, you know, you may not quite see to the end of the line and you do have to watch your time and mm -hmm. eat no matter what time controls you, you may have to move on intuition. It yeah. happens more. So building up those skills with it is a weakness that adults have so what do you do with your weaknesses you must try to minimize them now you know what's funny about the three weaknesses that adults have they have one strength mm. their knowledge adults are more knowledgeable in general and so um and they're you know trickier so you have a situation <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm you know i've played 60,000 games online in 10 years and I I have seen quite a few things so 
you know, and and you see me playing against Harry, one of my one of my students. A year ago, he was blundering pieces, and he was eleven hundred, and now he can almost handle me in the time in in blitz chess because we play blitz chess at at the local club now. He's gotten so good so fast, yeah. but this uh, I'm also more experienced, you know, because I've got ten years and he's got one year or one and a half years now. And uh, so, but I, I just think, you know, so adults, they do tend to be more knowledgeable. They tend to be worse at speed chess. They tend to, they have pattern recognition problems. And then they have this other thing called goal retention. And that's a very critical thing. It's totally, all, all these things totally overlooked by the general wisdom for adult, adult improvement. Now, what but, is goal retention? I'm not sure I'm aware of this. Well, look at a neuro, uh, neurology. Um, goal retention is like in, like you're a professional interviewer, or at least getting that way. And so you've probably got 100 things right now that are in your mind regarding this interview. You're managing the length of the interview. You're judging, you know, how appropriate it is. You're thinking about, um, you're thinking about the, um, uh, a number of different uh, uh, things. And so those things, uh, adults generally have a problem with as they age. So it mm. gets down to the point where you may walk into the garage looking for a shovel and forget that you're looking for a shovel. Gotcha. So at 20, um, it's... Uh, you peak in terms of this thing called goal retention, but in a chess game, it's easy to over, like you may, a knight may be protecting a pawn and then the pawn, um, you know, is, has a discovered check on it and there's an open file next to it and all of, and you have to remember all of these things mm. in, on move that changes. And so your ability to hold all these goals in your head, um, is worse when you get every year you age and so every 10 years you age you get into a situation where goal, goal retention is is an issue and in fact when I was having this conversation with you I, I stumbled over a few things and forgot uh, some of the examples and that's just an example of what happens when you get older and this is absolutely a fact so uh, there are some that I use when I play chess that are designed to fight against this Ooh. I write my down before I play it in a tournament. Mm. So I'll write down and then I'll sit there for a little while and then play it. Mm. So in the two tournaments that I played, I lost one game of, I played uh, seven and five. So that's 12 games. <laughs> I only lost one because I touched a piece and I blundered. Um, I just moved the bishop to where there was a pawn. And I was in a winning position and so this is an example of what they call goal retention. So in order to make a long story short, I, you, I just am aware of that. And it's one of the things that I guard against. So like you, you're going to be more forgetful as, as an adult than you are when you're younger. And that's something in chess that, that is, that affects your game. And so you just have to train for that. And so, I basically am trying to train for the things that adults are weak at. And wow. question for you, you said you sort of like 
did you have all this neurology information before you got into chess or was it kind of like, I'm going to this game where young people appear more successful. I need to do some research to be properly ready. Yeah, it's 100% that. It, it's, I have no real interest in all of this neurology, except that it, it, there's, a, there's a real problem with adults improving. I, I saw some chess.com data, and they did a study mm. into adult improvement about three years ago and published it on their main site. Mm. And I do that, and it, it shows that, that um, as you get older, people were spending time trying to improve, and they were, and depending on their their rating. So anybody at twelve hundred can improve because there's holes in their game that they can plug. Yeah. But then when you get up to eighteen hundred or seventeen hundred, uh, the adults start stop improving, and so they have something called an eighteen hundred graveyard. Now I'm not sure you've ever heard of that, but oh, are they? tend to get up to around 1800 and the adults can't improve past that mm. and so they call it an 1800 graveyard because the chess improvers stop improving there and the data actually supports that that's so, terrifying because i'm at 1759 mm -hmm. now i'm kind of on yeah. an upward trajectory in my last several tournaments so you're telling me i need to look out for this graveyard that i don't want to fall into yeah, because it's an average, right? This is an yeah. this is a, um, a chess improver that spends three hours a day. And once they reach the age of, I think it was 55 and they're 1,800, mm -hmm. the average player does, player does not improve mm. when they're, they're that rating. Now, if you're lower rated, there's always hope to, to improve. But once you get to 1,800, so you have to be an outlier, right? In order to wow. improve, you have to... You have to and that's why there's only like 10 people on the, in the history of chess that have learned the game at 40 and made it over 2000. And I'm not even sure there's 10. I mean, there's, there's obviously people that are, are close to that. And I'm an example of that, but the, uh, um, it's definitely challenging. So I just try to, um, uh, improve like speed chess is a priority. I do tactics, all day, every day, um, and you know that's a common theme. When you when you when you see the people that are successful as adults, they always they always you know whether it was was a Demesa, mm -hmm. right? He was preaching this, and the adults are always very heavy into tactics. I think it's because it it is a weak area. So mm -hmm. I know I'm one of them. I do tactics all all the time, and it's it's helped me a lot. Uh, in term being very strong, I, I tell my students, I say the very first thing I said, you need to be state level tactics. You need to get your tactics far higher than you ever thought you could be. And that, they all do it. So with wild success. So they begin to get very, very good at tactics. I tell them that they have to, you know, dedicate part of their life to it and they have to reach, you know, very high. So right now I'm shooting for 3400 on chess.com. And one thing is there's a, there's hundreds of different types of tactics. It's not just chess.com because that's mm -hmm. a time puzzle. What, what I, what I did in the first two years to overcome mm -hmm. the blunders was I, I got, I went to chess tempo and I got 
puzzle sets that are from 1,000 to 1,300, and I just continually do them. And even to this day, when I get tired mm. and I want something easy to do, I'll, I'll pull them out and I'll just continually do easy puzzles to get those patterns into, into your brain. Right. And the, they, you, they have, they've improved their fe- features over the years. Chess.com, you can now go to the custom set and you can, I set it for maybe 1300 to 1500 and then just go keep going through that to, to mm-hmm. burn patterns into your brain. And yeah. since I got brain, that actually works wonders. And still to this day, like probably today I'll do a couple hours of that just while I'm talking or watching a movie and flipping through them, you know, mm. and because that's really interesting. So you're able to do them almost passively, like as a background thing, not, yep. not like trying to push your ability to solve, but more just burning and reburning and deepening the burn of these patterns. Yeah. Cause that's, you need that. It's the entry level to the top to top level chess is you need to have the patterns after that, I haven't even talked about game. There's really only two things I do to train. One of them yeah. is pat- is tactics, and the other is game review. Because you must be able to look at your games and learn from them. Mm-hmm. And that goes for um, when you uh, – that also goes for looking at master games. So we just love looking at master games and reviewing our own games. You have to be very careful with the engine. The engine will lead you astray because mm-hmm. – but he says, oh, yeah, that, I understand why. So there's yeah. really very, very simple. You do tactics forever until you burn them into your brain. And then the second thing you do is you do game review, and it's always guess the move. Mm-hmm. And so when you, what you do game review, are you doing it with somebody better than you? Do you have a coach you're working oh, with? Do you just have another player? Mm-hmm. You, you, I have the engine. Stockfish is stronger oh. than player on Earth. So what you do is you get a game. You go very interesting in the game. I love Nakamura and 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 I like looking at speed the speed chess championship. You get a position and you say, What would I move here? Mm. And then you make your decision and then you look at the engine and and you find out why your your move was good or bad. And and so that helps you with everything from positional chess to, to doing tactics in games. And, and that's what we do. So we, we, um, you know, my students, I don't charge for coaching anybody. I do it actually as, well, you see, there's this very important concept in adult improvement, the, probably the most important concept. And that is that you can never burn yourself out. Your motivation is what will push you to the higher level. So mm-hmm. if there's, it's very important, I believe, for uh, adult improvers never to do anything they don't want to do. Hmm. So if, if you want to do something, do it. Because the second that you burn your motivation out, you're actually handicapping your chance of success. Because, yeah. like I say, you, you have to be kind of, you know, super dedicated to it if you want to be an outlier and you want to be super successful. So I'm... I'm very careful with students or myself in myself either. Uh, if I don't feel like doing hard puzzles or, or reading a chess book and I want to do something else, I think it's important to be to, to your own motivation, you know, you know, so that 
to not force yourself to do something that's going to make you hate chess. Mm. I'll just leave. That makes sense. Um, so, well, I guess let, I, I have several questions trying to sort them all here. Um, so I guess let's start here. <clears throat> in your earliest days, in those first couple of years where you're just going to the chess club and you're getting whooped by people, is that just straight tactics just for like two years? You just did like really basic tactics to sort of get over that, like maybe just get the building blocks in place. I I was in such an amount of trouble. There was a time when I thought that I could never do it and I couldn't calculate and I kept getting lost. And then I went to chess tempo and I downloaded some, some, tactic sets and I just continued pounded them and there were easy tactics that I could get 90, 90% of the time. Right. And I just continued to do that. And that was based on trying to get the patterns into my brain because okay. I'm older. And yeah. so I really, so the answer to your question is um, I did those sets religiously for about two or three years straight with, and I was either going to stop blundering or quit chess. And in okay. the end, after a year and a half, I, stopped, I actually stopped blundering. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. When you say stop blundering, do you mean like not putting your I mean, in front of another piece or like, like what, how are you defining that? I mean, I mean, missing combinations that causes you to lose the game instantly. Like yeah. I would hang knights or, or overlook double attacks, you know, mm -hmm. simple tactics that, that you shouldn't. It, and so basically that that was what that's what i mean by blundering that's fascinating because for me i feel like i'm still on this journey of not blundering like i'm up to you know 1760 and in one of the games at the tournament i lost i you know forgot that if i moved this pawn which i had identified before that if i move this pawn i lose the exchange so i can't move this pawn and then later i was like you know what what if i move this pawn and then I did it, and the game was over. That's perfect example of, of the challenges that adults face. You goal retention is it's the yeah. neural term for forgetting something, and and you have um, uh, you know blunders. Patterns are not as clear as they at sixty as they would be at fifteen apparently, and mm -hmm. so you can forget the patterns. So, um. You know, and I've been, I've my, I've been hammering these patterns in my brains for ten years intentionally to try to get as strong as as the kids. And I've been, I've been doing techniques to stop forgetting about stuff. Like for mm -hmm. one of the one very powerful one is writing the move down ahead of time and not just instantly making it. The other one is speed chess, because mm -hmm. I, I, I um you know, put a lot of effort in speed chess, it gives me a little bit more confidence when having to move fast. Gotcha. And when you say speed chess, what kind of time control are we talking about? Oh. What was I, that? I love 3-0. 3-0, okay. Yeah, 3 -0. I love some blitz. I've, I do two things. The first thing is I do 5-5. Five five. That's like my main one <laughs> that I do online and I look at it. But addressing directly what you were saying, I got in a time scramble at my club and the way my club works is it's just game 55, but delay five. And so when you get in real time trouble, there's just a five second delay. 
And so what I started doing is I'm playing my daughter now and I get 10 seconds for the game, delay five, and she gets 55 minutes and we play games. And so I'm basically doing the whole game in that five second delay time scramble mode to try to like get into my head that like you got to move fast. You know, to, you can be careful, but you need to get the rhythm down. You've got exactly five seconds, right? Think, move, think, move. And I think it's helped. Like I'm able to crush her now with this time control. I think it annoys her because she like sees my clock at 10 seconds and it never drops. And she's like, what? I don't get this. I love it. I love it. They, you know, everybody in the world has told you not to do that. Yeah. And it's it, interesting. My coach suggested I, that. The adults, yeah, they keep telling them they don't play speed check. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's some, I don't agree with that. I, I think that that's a weakness that we need. And the, one of the reasons why that can help you is that you'll need that, that competence when you, when you're in a chess tournament, the people you're playing get better and better as you go up. And yeah. so you, they will, a lot of the players you play may be very good at speed chess. And so it's another strength that they have that will, they can use in a game. And I, it's a fairly common thing to get into time scrambles. Let me ask you, how often do you get into time scrambles? Not in that often in regular classical games, but when I move down to like four, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, mm -hmm. then very regularly end games are time scrambles. Right. Um, I, I think one of the things with, with speed chess or blitz is that I think a lot of adults are told don't spend your time on that because so many adults have such a small window of time. And so I think the theory is like, if you're going to, if you're only going to have a little bit of time, you need to, to be practicing tactics and like being able to calculate well, Whereas speed chess, I think, is kind of like almost an extension of your tactics work, right? Like if you're doing a lot of tactics work, this allows you to extend that into gameplay. And I think there's also that fear of what you were saying of do what you want. I think people are a little bit nervous. Like if I tell adults to just play speed chess, that's all they'll do then. And then they'll go, why aren't I great at chess? I play uh, 3-0 12 hours a day. You know what speed chess is great for? To, uh, training your openings mm, yeah uh, openings are, is it's a great test field for your openings but also you know the ultimate goal of all this tactic study is to use them in games mm -hmm. and so it is definitely should be part of your of your improvement regime because it's so useful for for even evaluating your mistakes um being able to use your tactics in an actual game and then for opening prep oh Opening prep is an important part of an adult's improvement. I, I think that um, you can, uh, your opening should be memorized when you go into a tournament. So for the first 10 moves of my games, uh, generally they're just memorization. And so I use like software, like Chessable mm -hmm. to, um, to memorize my openings. I have them fairly well memorized. Uh, and so, you know, I like to get people out of book. I'm I'm definitely trying to get my opponents out of book when I when I play. Um, okay. I don't like to play these really long lines, and so I do use software in order to memorize the lines. So for the first 
10 minutes I'm waiting there. It's kind of interesting because I'm sitting there making moves. I'm not really thinking. I'm yeah. just opening. And so I aggressively try to get people out of book. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Interesting. Um, let's come back to game review. You said you like to spend a lot of time on game review. I'm mm-hmm. curious, is this only for like your serious over the board games? Do you do this even with your three O games? Like how far do you extend your game review? Every day. I mean, tag, like, you can learn tactics all day long. That doesn't make you a good chess player. You learn, you learn chess through game review. So basically game review is the most powerful, um, single, method of chess improvement because you can just look at a game and uh, i like look at master games every day and i look at my own games it, my speed games but then my tournament games are like gold i'll bring them home i'll never and like the one that the two tournaments i played in november and december i still haven't run an engine on them i'm still going through them they're like little pieces of gold you know eventually you'll turn the engines on and the engine can teach you you know the you know what's where some good ideas or not good ideas but ultimately every day you know i do guess the move because guess the move is the only way to do game review and so i i, I love looking at um grandmaster games and in in you know saying what would i do here and do you use books for that do you just find games online how do you do that no, I don't use books. I have a really good friend that is from the 70s. He's, he's older, and I like to go over to his house. Um, he's in town here, and we get a glass of whiskey and play some chess. And he's really strong, but he he has books. I don't use books. I, You know, they have modern databases. Like, uh, you know, Chessable is full of, like, libraries of books for adults it's not so much i don't believe about gaining knowledge Hmm. it's it's plugging these other holes the knowledge will come along the way we have modern day um databases you know for our openings and yeah i just meant for finding games like i like i like to look at game collections so i have the i like do my own guess the move and then i have another grandmaster who can be like well here's what i think agreed um I love the anything to do with, um, you know, chess.com has some really nice um, tournaments. And so you can look at the archived games and the, and the software is really nice for that. You can hide the engine and look at their moves. And I can look at, I, I don't spend, I like to go through more rather than less. So, you know, in a, in a one hour session, I might look at five games, but you might, some other people have made arguments you should spend longer on each game but i guess it depends but i like to go through and find positions and and look at them and see how they handle you know some of the middle games and so on but okay so do you feel like you've gotten most of your like positional understanding of chess and middle game understanding of chess just from like looking at enough grandmaster games where you're like this is kind of how they do it when I was seven, like, I, if you look at my ratings graph, it's come up, you know, like I'm g- going up, like for, I was 1200, then I was 1300, then I was 1400, then I was 1500, then I was 1600, then I was 1700. And when I got to about 1700, I started realizing that tactics alone wasn't going to do it. I would get terrible positions <laughs> and win the game. 
I was just so strong at tactics for my, oh, but I was so bad at positional play. So when, when I, when I hit 1700, I realized that I had to start playing positionally. And that's when I started looking at games mm-hmm. and working on my positional play. And so now I'm stronger at positional play and I'm, I've started coaching as a, as a way to, um, to improve my own game really, but also it's fun. So it falls in the category of something enjoyable to do. Yeah. And twice a week we meet online and we, and we look at games and we talk about positional stuff and we have a good old time. So you got to remember that you must, you must have fun while you're doing this. Otherwise you won't continue to, to go forward. And, and so, you know, finding, reviewing games with other people of all different levels. I actually found another adult that I'm going to start coaching and uh, he's probably rated about 1200. And uh, so we'll be reviewing games and, you know, and, and talking and discussing the moves with each other. And so that kind of, so it's become a much bigger part of, of my improvement since I could hit 1700. Okay. Um, so like now, tactics to 1700 and then at 1700, you discovered my positional understanding is lacking, but what you yeah. did not do is go buy a book on positional chess or go yeah. watch some videos on positional chess. Instead, you just started looking at grandmaster games and sort of absorbing how they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You need to get your, well, there's so much, I mean, YouTube videos, right? So yeah. it's, I'm not all doing this by myself because right now what there is a lot of on the internet is information. I see behind you, I guess a lot of those are probably chess books. And it, chess books. We're flooded with, right. We're flooded with information about chess. Yeah. And so there just seems to be too much of it. Um, so yeah, I watched videos um, on positional play and, and especially like, I like to listen to Robert Hess I love Robert Hess um, and I like Nakamura because they talk about chess. And so you go to Gotham uh, chess. Sometimes, you know, he talks less about chess and other, he talks about a lot about other interesting things, but, Mm -hmm. but if you ever listen to him commentate, he talks about the position all the time. And so I'll spend, I'll listen to that for hours as well. And, and, and then do the game review where you have to make your own choices. But, I definitely am not doing it by myself. I, you know, you have these resources out there that are that are just so great, and I, I like to watch the um, speed chess championships on on the internet too, because the games go fast enough that you can kind of absorb some. You, you can you can get the commentary and learn from it. So, gotcha. okay, so it's not just looking at games on your own with the engine, but it's really listening to how really strong players think when they're looking at it oh yeah 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 and there's and that's out there absolutely so we've talked a lot about this whole like you've done research on adults pick things up slower do you feel like this resonates for you like do you remember your 20s and learning new things and do you feel like you picked up stuff faster and have you felt it decline over the last you know 30 years yeah, actually, I, I had this strange record when I, I'm in. A, I'm a metallurgical engineer. I'm I'm um, working a, in a um, you know fairly complex field, and um, I'm a 
expert in that field. Um, and so I'm definitely a knowledgeable, intelligent adult. But when I was in my 20s, until I was about 25, I, I had this weird record where every time I wanted to recall something, I could always recall it. Mm. And it was like if I was trying to remember the name of an actor or something, it was weird. And I, I thought it was weird at the time, but I could, I, I, anytime I thought that I was trying to remember something without fail, I would always remember it. So I had a really good memory back okay. in my, guess what? Those days are gone. Now I forget things. And so I have to make lists and it's really true. I mean, I literally see this in myself. And so as an adult improver, right, it's my goal to, if you're going to, if you're going to have a hobby, why not be as good as you possibly can be? And I realized that this is something that it, that I will struggle with. Now I have other strengths like knowledge and, and I'm wily and, you know, I, I, I use all the time on the board and, and, but I, this is a weakness. And so, yes, I, I can see it in myself. And, you know, now I make more notes. So even at work, I have long lists of notes that are designed to help me with that. So yes, it's, it's a, I believe it's a real thing. What about you? You see any, you ever forget the shovels in the garage and stand there wondering what you, why you went there? Yeah. I mean, the problem is I've always not had a great memory, which I think is a strength for me. Like as I age, I'm not as reliant on just straight memorization. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, I think a lot of it is like burning into my brain the basics of whatever it is I'm doing. You know, now it's chess, mm -hmm. but other things in my life, say like tennis, it's hitting the same forehand over and over and over rather than just being like, I remember how to hit the forehand or whatever. Um, so I I feel like, I haven't had that sharp of a decline yet, but I'm like nearing that 50 mark. And I'm just wondering, like, is it going to fall off a cliff at some point? Or is it going to be more of like a slow, like you were saying, like every year, it's just a tiny, tiny bit of a decline. And I'm hoping that my study can outpace the pace of the decline. And I can hit, you know, yeah. I don't know, 2000 master or something in that range. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, just a Neil Bruce said something that that resonated with me. He was talking about skill versus um, uh, knowledge. Yeah, and and that resonated with me when I heard it. So I, I really just must say I love your podcast. I love the fact that you interview uh, low level adult improvers, like even eight eight hundred a thousand. I really enjoy listening to to it um, because uh, you know it seems like a it, we can share the, our journeys a little bit and being able to even hear Neil Bruce, who I probably would never have had the opportunity to hear that. It was, it was quite interesting. And also Jay, I find Jay's journey really interesting. And Omar, you know, his, uh, his podcasts were, were, were really interesting too. So I, I am enjoying what you do. I appreciate that. It's funny because for me, it was really as a selfish endeavor, right? Like the reason I started doing this was just to talk to other adults that were going through similar struggles as me. And then I kind of was like, I guess I'll put this out. And other people were like, hey, I too am going through this struggle. And so we're sort of all going through it together, which is great. Yeah, that's one thing I love to do and is go to a chess tournament and talk to the other adults. I, I will seek out and say, hey, you want to step outside a second and 
and uh, talk to them. And so I've been playing a lot of tournaments this year. And um, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. So basically, I know a lot of the people in Missouri that I, that, you know, I go to the tournaments. Um, but it, it's always fun to, to go out and talk to somebody and listen to their, you know, their thoughts, you know, about their game, especially when they get talking about their games, you know, and, right. and, and now I'm at least strong enough where I can kind of understand what they're saying. Yeah. I've been really fortunate the last couple of tournaments. Uh, the guest you're talking about, Jay has been at them and we've spent a lot of time hanging out and, and that's, that's actually just made the tournament a lot more fun to have someone who has a very similar journey, be able to talk about our ups and downs throughout the event, console each other, you know, some high fives when needed. So it's been good. Hey, again, like to see how he's doing and, the not too distant future because it's kind of interesting to check in on that journey. Yeah. It's always um, facing some of the same challenges we are, but definitely let's uh, switch to tournament talk for a minute here before we head out yeah. today. Um, so you said you played a couple of years before jumping into tournaments. What made you eventually think like, yeah, actually I want, I want to play in a tournament. Oh, well, I remember it wasn't that long ago. It was like seven years ago. It was Saturday and I didn't have anything to do. And there was a tournament in St. Louis. So mm -hmm. I went up to the St. Louis chess tournament, never having played one before. And it was at the St. Louis chess club because I, I live, well, not, I live in Missouri. And so I was, they said, do you have a rating? And I said, no. And uh, they put it, they put my, my first games were down in the basement of the St. Louis chess club. And I was playing against these little kids. And I remember the little kids just having this super position. I can almost see it in my head, had, uh, <laughs> had my on H four and I, and I blundered something and it was so terrible because I was sitting at the bottom of the chess club and this little kid was just mopping the floor with me. And <laughs> uh, I ended up three out of five in the unrated section of the, right. of the tournament. But it was a beautiful chess club and right across the street was the, um, uh, the, the uh, museum of chess, mm. uh, history. And, um, yeah, that was my first chess tournament. And wow. after that, I, I started playing some more and, and I actually had a breakthrough, um, after about three years of tournaments, I, I won the C section of the mid America open. And the final game was against this kid who's now like 2,200. Yeah. And it, it was a, for $1,200. I played yeah. a chess for $1,200 um, in St. I won it. And I was rated, I don't know, 1450 at the time. And it, I think the top of C was 1500 and um And so I, I won that tournament. And then... It, it was a big boost for me because there's money and and I was going wow and I was played some interesting games, and then I and later on and then I, I a year after that I, I won the B championship of Missouri, um I actually got the trophy, and yeah. I brought it on a, a couple hundred dollars. It was the class championships for Missouri, and then um, after that I won the Springfield Open three times. That's the biggest open near here. Um, the first time was I won it um, was like four years ago, three years ago. And I, um, I kind of lucked into it because my friend beat the national master, which was um, uh, uh, that at the tournament. 
And then I beat my friend. So we both had four and a half. So I tied for first place. And then last year when the COVID came back, um, only a bunch of 1800s and 1900s show up. Oh. And I, I, I um, won four and a half out of five. So my student tied me in the first round, then I won four in a row and I won that. And then this year I, um, I tied for first place again. So I think, no, last year I won it outright. And this year I, I, I tied for first place. So there was, um, so I've had some success in tour. Actually, I have a good amount of success for an adult. Yeah, and, that's, that's fantastic. Over here in Los Angeles, um, just my local club, <laughs> there's like a master that that is the perennial winner, let alone uh, any of the bigger tournaments in the yeah, area. One of the reasons why, I'm, you know, we're, we're not getting that amount. There was a, a master showed up, but he, he got beaten in the second round and rage quitted. So that left it open for me. Um, and, you know, in, in this, you know, I, I won in the Jefferson city open. Um, I won the seventh round against the 2070. And then I tied at 2030 in the Springfield open in a game that went till midnight and and he set up this beautiful fortress with uh, like it was such a beautiful game that game because i i was fighting back and he had he, the opening went his way he had white and i was black mm. and fought back i fought back and i got to kind of even and then he kind of blundered something and i had a rook versus his bishop and we both had three pawns on the queen side and then he set up this fortress and i was it was midnight our clocks were running down till seconds <laughs> and i was trying to break his fortress and never could and then ended up uh ended up stalemating him in the corner with one pawn and two kings and mm. i don't know something about that you know the beauty of chess you know it was yeah. it was a really nice game and i i so so far at this point in my journey i've i've kind of been doing okay and now i'm coaching and um kind of looking forward to the next step i'm, I'm kind of don't know how far I can continue to go, but, um, you know, the, the, uh, my motivation is still there. Mm -hmm. And with that, um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, and I'm going to keep pushing tactics and game review and there's a lot of tournaments around this area. So this year I'm hoping to play, you know, six or seven tournaments and we'll see how it goes. Nice. And, Have you played in any of the, uh, sort of senior tournaments the 50 and older i'm curious I, i'm knocking on the door of those <laughs> no no it's just normal tournaments around here they okay um so as we wrap up today let me ask you this like big question mm -hmm. 10 years ago or so 11 years ago you sort of discovered chess as an adult mm -hmm. are you happy that you have done this journey and do you feel like this journey has been good for you yeah, it's enriched my life. It's made my life uh, uh, better. You know, like I have my family and when I leave here, I'm going to go watch some movies with my boys and enjoy the weekend. I've got my dogs and I'll take them for some walks and my wife, we're going to spend some time together and I have a great job and I really enjoy my job. But th this has really enriched my life. It, it gives me a goal. And, you know, I when I go to bed at night, one of the things I do is I close my eyes and I'll move pieces around in, in the, in my head and I can move, I can now see the board, you know, better because I, I've been doing this for 10 years. 
Mm-hmm. And when I get up, you know, I reach for a phone and, and I do some bullet or, or blitz. And it's just give me something to look forward to, you know. So it's it's I think in a way it's kind of um, you know, just in, in enrich my life and and um and I'm thankful for that. So Okay. Well that's so great. I guess last question then is do you have any goals in chess or is it just kind of like I don't know, yeah. we'll see where this takes me. No, I'm headed for 2000. My goal yeah. is be this is my goal. And I set this back in, when I was driving back from the chess club after getting crushed. And I've heard this a couple of times from your from your um, adult improvers. It was something that very early on I said, I'm going to get to 2000 before I die. Okay. That's, so I I'm have to get. Yeah, I, I was I was closer than 100 points last year. I peaked over 1900. So, but now I'm back down to 1850. So, wow, over 1900. Yeah, that's those are the. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm I'm I feel like I'm on a really good trajectory. I played a lot of 1900s last week. I did well against them, and uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting close to my goals. Before we leave, just tell me a little bit about your games against the 1900s. How did they go? Uh, I got one win, three draws, and a loss. And I oh. lost to one player who was 2100. Um, but in the 1900 games, I felt great. Uh, even in one of the draws, I was winning by a lot at one point. And even at the end, the engine says I was winning by a lot. Um, in another game, I played well. But I will say this they all had some tactical moments in them, right? Like, like you were talking about, tactics yeah. are just so critical. I used a tactic to win a pawn that surprised my opponent. I sniffed out their tactics. They sniffed out mine. But like <laughs> tactics were really underlying all of the stuff that was happening. Though there were some really nuanced positional things happening, it was built upon that foundation of really solid tactical play. Oh, I'm that's that's awesome. I'm hopefully you'll cover that on some of your YouTube streams and uh, we can get to, you know, see some of that. So that, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was a it was a fun tournament. I enjoyed it. It also gave me confidence. Right. It was like, yes, you can hang with 1900s. Like my club is a lot of 1800s and I've realized I can hang with them. And now I've realized I can hang with the 1900s as well. Great. So, on my way. Well, Matthew, thanks so much for coming by. I really appreciate this. And I really appreciate how seriously you've taken your journey as an adult. And you've really sort of mapped out like, I am an adult. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to see what the potential pitfalls are going to be. I'm going to specifically address them to ease my own journey. And so I really appreciate that intentional approach. And I think, uh, the listeners, especially those listeners that are up in our age range, will mm-hmm. uh, quite appreciate this this interview. So thanks so much, Matthew. Yeah, and thanks to everybody that's in the um, that's listening, that's on their own journey. The uh, I've really enjoyed the Chess Journeys podcast because I can hear the people talk about the things that you know they're on similar paths as mine, and some of the things they say really resonate. So uh, thanks for you for doing the podcast i appreciate it it's is there anywhere where people could reach out to you if they wanted to sort of follow up with you i could see someone wanting maybe some of these articles or or websites you've been looking at that have given you this information about adult brain 
Yeah, the uh, Matthew J. Pratt at Outlook.com. And they can contact me, and I would like to do tactics with them on Discord or review games with them on Discord because that's what I do. I do that all the time. And, and so every day there's an hour when I can fit that in. And I really enjoy like doing guests to move and, and doing all kinds of tactics and we share our screens. Mm-hmm. So don't hesitate to drop me a line. If you're an improver, it doesn't matter how strong you are or weak you are. Um, I'm just always, you know, up for it because I'm, I'm trying to get better. And, um, and you know, it's all about having fun. So we prioritize fun on our streams and right. we always have a good time. All right. Well, fun, improvement that's where we're at yeah hopefully you all enjoyed the show and hopefully this is that week where you hit your new ratings high and if it's not and you're losing a lot and things aren't going well that's all right it's part of the journey come back next week we'll have a new guest and uh we'll hopefully give you some more advice then i'll see you all next time